Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. For all you elk hunters out there, Chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. From Mediator's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Weekend Review, presented by Steel. Steel products are available only at authorized dealers. For more, go to steeldealers.com. Now, here's your host, Ryan Cal Callahan. Former President Donald Trump outlined a proposal this week that would convert 3.2 million acres of federal public land into what he calls freedom cities, proving once again that life is just one big Saturday Night Live skip. And we're all living in it. Here's President Trump explaining his huge, very biggest idea, monumental ever. We should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development. In other words, we'll actually build new cities in our country again. These freedom cities will reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership and, in fact, the American dream. Freedom cities are part of Trump's larger agenda to lead a, quote, quantum leap in the American standard of living. He says that past generations of Americans pursued big dreams and daring projects, and we should be doing the same today. But this begs the question, in 2023, is building a city daring? We seem to be pretty darn good at urban sprawl. If I could suggest something daring, let's dare for a huge, huge, magnificent project like conserving our shrinking grassland ecosystem or funding conservation projects for threatened species. That seems like a better use of American hard work and ingenuity than building another Denver in a national forest or a desert ecosystem or something that's already super valuable and amazing. Ugh. Anyway, 
This week, we've got legislation, which you need to focus on. We are in the home stretch of state coverage, at least. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. In my week, well, I'm just going to wrap up Texas. If you have not checked out the uh, old Cal 406 Instagram feed, I posted a video from a super cool thing that happened. My buddy Terry Huon killed a mountain lion while we were in Texas. Odd thing about mountain lions in Texas, despite the fact that these incredibly awesome animals are on many, many people's bucket lists of adventurous hunts, they are not considered a big game animal in the state of Texas. Therefore, unregulated and can be hunted year-round in the Lone Star State. On top of this, Terry and I had been talking the night before where he mentioned that he really wanted to go on a lion hunt and wouldn't, you know what, while we were out cruising ranch roads looking for javelina, a mountain lion, or Gato Montez, runs up the dry, rocky, steep hillside, the cat casually looking over his shoulder before laying down on a high rock shelf at about 246 yards, which was a very bad mistake on the cat's part and incredibly odd, in my opinion. Typically, if you see a mountain lion and the cat sees you on a bright, sunny day, the encounter takes less time than it took to say, you see that cat? And then it's gone. Anyway, Terry was able to get a shot on the lion and we carted him back to the ranch whole. Lion meat is fantastic, and I was very happy for my friend. Also, this type of terrain is like lion heaven. Food everywhere, lots of room to be alone, and tons of ambush zones to hunt from. In other words, and, you know, very anecdotally, I felt strongly that the lion population was doing just fine in this area. After we had the lion butchered, we opened the stomach to see if my hunch was correct, and inside was about 8 to 10 pounds of fresh mule deer. When I say fresh, you probably could have given it a rinse and eaten it. On average, a lion consumes about 6 to 10 pounds of meat per day by killing a deer-sized animal every 6 to 12 days, which is a lot of meat. But keep in mind, lions have been lions for a long time, and we still have a lot of deer. Super cool experience. Those cats are amazing animals, and they taste so good. Also, next week, Missoula, Montana. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Rendezvous. Be sure to stop in. Tons of great speakers and outdoor skill learning opportunities. And one of my all-time favorite things, the BHA Campfire Stories event. We got an amazing lineup of storytellers this year, including Randy Newberg. This is all going to happen Saturday night, March 18th, at the fairgrounds, Missoula, Montana. Go, Knights, go. Shout out for you Hellgators. Moving on to the legislative desk. The Utah State Legislature passed a bill this week that would allow for year-round mountain lion hunting. House Bill 469 was passed by overwhelming margins in both the House and the Senate, but the state's Division of Wildlife Resources said the agency was not consulted as they usually are with wildlife-related legislation. A spokesperson for the agency told the Salt Lake Tribune that the language related to mountain lion hunting was added at the last minute, and they weren't aware of it until it was being voted on in the House. The bill would allow anyone with a hunting license to hunt mountain lions 365 days a year. Previous regulations required special tags and permits and did not allow year-round hunting. I reached out to Utah Representative Casey Schneider, who was one of the primary sponsors of this legislation. He explained that this bill went through multiple rounds of amendments in both the House and the Senate, but his primary interest in the bill was a new $1 million appropriation to the state's Land and Water Acquisition Fund. This money will now be available every year for the purchase of properties for public access for hunting and fishing. 
Schneider wrote that appropriation into the House version of the bill, and the Mount Lion piece got added later in the Senate. But Schneider still voted to concur with the Senate's amendments when it came back to the House. I asked him why he still supported the bill, and he told me that he wanted something that could pass both chambers, and he believed he needed to compromise. He also said that wildlife biologists have told him that the new year-round hunting season won't threaten the mountain lion population. He said that there might be an additional 100 lions taken every year under this new rule. Finally, he pointed out that the legislation still allows the wildlife board to impose certain restrictions on the hunt. The bill says that the residents may obtain a hunting license, quote, as provided by the wildlife board's rules. This may not be enough to satisfy concerned hunters in Utah. The state estimates that there are about 2,000 mountain lions in the entire state, so an additional 100 lions every year is significant. If you have thoughts on this bill, there may still be a chance to get involved. Utah Governor Spencer Cox still needs to sign the legislation for it to become law, so concerned residents should contact his office at 801-538-1000. This bill may have been signed or vetoed by the time you hear this, so be sure to double-check before calling the gov. Over in Minnesota, legislators are considering a bill that would prohibit wolf hunting and trapping even if the species is removed from the endangered species list. Current law allows but does not require the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources to hold a wolf hunt if wolves are delisted. SF2062 would take away that management strategy. On the other end of the spectrum, SF714 would require the DNR to hold a hunting season if wolves are delisted and the public would not be given an opportunity to comment. Both bills have been assigned to the Environment, Climate, and Legacy Committee. Speaking of wolves, a proposal from a state forestry task force recommends that New Jersey introduce wolves to deal with its ever-growing deer population. The proposal was put forward by Ken Dolsky from an organization called Empower New Jersey and appeared in the New Jersey Forest Stewardship Task Force report Dolsky claims that the project would require minimal expense and western states would gladly pay to ship wolves out east. He's probably right on that point. Once the wolves eat their way through New Jersey's deer population, he says, they'll move to Pennsylvania and New York, where residents will welcome them with open arms. Dolsky's less-than-helpful recommendation appears in the report's appendix, so it's unlikely to be implemented. But the task force, which is commissioned by the state, did put forward 16 official recommendations, one of which calls for the commercial sale of venison to encourage more hunting and reduce deer densities. They recommend that a commercial deer harvest license be created, which would allow hunters to sell the venison they harvest. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. In Georgia, HB 314 would establish a new position within the Department of Natural Resources called the Director of Outdoor Recreation. The legislation is being sponsored by four Republicans and one Democrat who say that this new director would be responsible for promoting and enhancing all forms of outdoor rec, which they define as, quote, active and passive, motorized and non-motorized sports, education and activities. This new director will use marketing and advertising to develop the growth of new businesses in Georgia that reflect the opportunities for outdoor recreation in the state. It's unclear why the Georgia Department of Natural Resources needs this new position, given the fact that the agency already promotes outdoor recreation. Georgia Outdoor News reports that anonymous sources in the Capitol have told them that this bill is being pushed by a, quote, large nationwide company that sells hiking and camping gear. Whatever the case may be, this is one that Georgians will want to keep an eye on. Thanks to listener Robert Bone for sending that one in. 
Uh, just so listeners know, several offices and positions of outdoor recreation have been established in many states. Started during the Trump administration. This is a big directive, so it could just be following through on that. So is it being pushed by a large outdoor company that can make money? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably has something to do with campers, would be my guess. But that's a guess. Anyway, thanks again, Bob. Which of you listening right now took a class in school about Family Finances 101? No one? Yeah, me neither. Just like the importance of a will or college savings plan or even life insurance or estate planning, we have to know these things. But how do we figure it all out? That's why I'm excited to partner with Fabric by Gerber Life. Listen, one of the few things expected of you in life is to not let other people pick up after you. That's why I have life insurance, to make sure my stuff is taken care of even when I'm gone. Fabric by Gerber Life is term life insurance you can get done right here, right now. You could be covered from your couch in under 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash cal. That's meetfabric.com slash cal. M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash cal. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits is not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at 
twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. A Rhode Island legislator is sponsoring a bill that would allow hunters to carry concealed handguns into the woods for the purposes of self-defense. Current law prohibits hunters from carrying handguns or any other weapon that is not allowed for hunting. H5208 would remove handguns from that list of prohibited weapons. Hunters would not be allowed to use the handguns to kill animals, but anyone with a valid concealed carry license would be able to carry their handgun for self-defense. Moving on to the great state of Montana. Now, I'm going to read this list of things that are happening in this state, okay? And you need to listen, mouths agape, because this exact same stuff is going on in your state if your state legislature is in session right now. That is why I'm bringing it up. You got to pay attention. If your state legislature is in session, if your Department of Natural Resources committee is meeting to go over rule changes, regulation changes, they're talking about things that affect you and you need to be involved. That's the point of this. And then I'm probably going to talk a little bit too long on one bill in particular that I find uh, incredibly irksome. Here we go with the list. HB 243, revise hunter education laws. HB 596, revise elk hunting access agreement licenses. HB 621, revise land access laws for hunting and fishing. HB 635, revise laws related to non-resident hunting and fishing. SB 58, increase landowner payment cap for block management. SB 281, revise laws related to non-resident hunting and fishing. HB 42, revise laws related to FWP employment firearm use, that's Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. HB 74, eliminate requirement to release pheasants from Upland Game Bird Program. HB 131, remove 24-hour wait requirement for wolf license. HB 217, increase fees for migratory bird licenses. HB 290, Revise laws related to membership of Wetlands Protection Advisory Council. HB 383, establish the Montana Hunters and Anglers Community Fund. HB 419, allow bonding for injunctions that prevent hunting or harvesting of game. HB 438, revise public access agreement laws. HB 456, revise FWP Super Tag Program laws. HB 462, revise distribution of marijuana revenues. That one's in there because the revenues from the state tax on recreational marijuana sales, a portion of those goes into the Habitat Montana Fund. Habitat Montana Fund is a fund that we use to fund access easements, property purchases, and things like that for outdoor recreation, primarily hunting and fishing. HB 521, revising laws related to conservation licenses on state lands. HB 522, provide landowner preference bison tags for landowners near Yellowstone National Park. Interesting thing about that is it doesn't matter how much land you have. There's very few tags. HB 547, provide penalties for selling data images from trail cams on public land. HB 548, revise penalties for criminal trespass while collecting antlers, sheds, and horns. That's a long list, right? 
Okay, now for the one that I want to talk about here. HB 635, which is a real goofy bill here. It would give a landowner tag, starting with one tag, to those landowners that apply that have 2,500 contiguous acres, and those tags would be available to non-resident landowners here in the state of Montana. One angle of HB 635 says that this will address overcrowding in the state by removing those non-resident landowners from public ground because you've now given them a tag to hunt only on their private ground. And another angle on this bill is why in the hell would the state of Montana, our representatives who are residents of the state of Montana, why in the hell would they give any elk tags to non-resident landowners? Their kids aren't going to school here. They're not paying the same amount of taxes. Why? What is the purpose? I'll tell you the reason why right now. It's because they have a lot of money, okay? And this is your classic slippery slope argument here, gang, okay? Just face value, that's what it is. This is the start of providing more landowner tags, which then becomes a commodity that increases property values and makes Montana land even less available to Montana people. It's a sad state of affairs. Now, if you're a non-resident who likes to hunt in the state of Montana, you have to also keep in mind that these non-resident tags would be pulled out of the non-resident tag pool, thereby decreasing your odds of drawing a tag in the state of Montana. I think you know where I'm sitting on this bill. I think you know how my phone calls have gone to the state Senate. This bill is largely meaningless. I don't think it's going to reduce any sort of pressure on public lands. Nobody's going to step out opening day and be like, ooh, you feel that? Not as many people out here. So again, the point is to crack open the door to where eventually we're going to be giving tags away to anybody with a couple of acres and they're going to be able to sell them. Conspiracy theory? You tell me, but I don't like it. All right, that's enough. Moving on to the bison desk. The Department of the Interior announced last week a new initiative meant to kickstart bison restoration on federal and tribal land. The effort to restore American bison has been ongoing for the last century, but this new order from Interior Secretary Deb Holland will inject an additional $25 million into those efforts. The order creates a bison working group composed of representatives from the National Park Service, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the Bureau of Land Management, and the U.S. Geological Survey. This working group will be tasked with creating a stewardship plan that will, quote, pursue restoration of wide-ranging herds on large landscapes to support ecological and cultural restoration. The first bison working group was launched in 2008, but this new plan builds on those previous efforts. There are currently about 15,000 wild bison in the United States, 11,000 of which are managed by the federal government across 12 states. Native American tribes manage an additional 20,000 bison. These herds are relatively small, they're range restricted, but this new working group will seek to manage bison as one single connected population. The order lists a wide variety of reasons that Secretary Holland believes we should reintroduce more bison onto the landscape. Holland argues that returning bison to grasslands can enhance soil development, restore native plants and wildlife, and promote carbon sequestration. 
These efforts, she says, can help mitigate climate change and restore grassland ecosystems. There is also a cultural and social component that she says will benefit Native American tribes. Quote, restoring bison and healthy grasslands can serve as a step toward national healing and reconciliation after centuries of federal policies designed to erase Native people and their cultures. About $25 million from last year's Inflation Reduction Act will be set aside to implement whatever plan the working group comes up with. About half of that will go to the National Park Service, with the remainder going to the other agencies that help manage bison. The stewardship plan won't be finalized until December of this year, so there are still lots of details that need to be worked out. Ranchers are likely to be skeptical. In 2020, ranchers opposed efforts to reintroduce bison to the Charles M. Russell National Wildlife Refuge in Montana. They worried that the bison would compete with livestock for public grazing space and spread brucellosis. Brucellosis is a contagious bacterial disease primarily affecting cattle, bison, and swine. It causes loss of young through spontaneous abortion of weak offspring, reduced milk production, and infertility. Not the kind of thing a cattle rancher wants anywhere near his herd. For its part, Secretary Holland's order directs the Bison Working Group to respect livestock health, private property rights, and states' interests. Another of the six principles that will guide the working group requires them to manage bison health to address the risks that disease in bison may pose to human health, domestic animals. Conservation groups are applauding the move as part of a large strategy for restoring grasslands. Backcountry hunters and anglers released a statement arguing that the order, quote, anchors public land conservation both immediately and in the longer term. BHA President and CEO Lantani said it's time to double down and turn our collective attention to the American bison, which he called a capstone on the conservation pyramid. If you're interested, I encourage you to read the full order for yourself. You can find it by Googling Department of Interior Bison Order or visiting themeateater.com forward slash cow, where you can see all of these bills and get involved. Moving on to the mail desk. Listener Brandon Flack, who works as a technical assistant manager for the Idaho Department of Fish and Game, wrote in to tell me about a mule deer trapping project he was involved with. The good people of Cascade, Idaho, have been feeding the local mule deer, which is threatening the health and safety of both the deer and human residents. The city council voted last summer to ban deer feeding in city limits, but the deer didn't just pack up and leave. They've stayed in the city, looking through living room windows, tapping their antlers on cars, begging for more of that corn. So Idaho Fish and Game went in to trap as many deer as they could and move them to a more suitable winter habitat. Brandon said it was crazy how habituated the deer were to people. He said the deer would follow him into the trap and they would eat out of his hand. However, the tables turned once the deer were in the trap. Well, well, well. How the turntables... Brandon was responsible for crawling into the cage with a wild animal that was cornered and in fear for its life. It's basically cage fighting a deer, which is a great quote. You try not to get kicked or headbutted or run over while also trying to wrestle them into submission and pin them to the ground so your buddies can come in and hobble them. Hobble is uh, like a leather strap that you use to bind feet together, and you can remove them from the trap and check them for exotic lice. Big thanks to Brandon and all of our wildlife professionals who put their bodies on the line to keep our wild animals safe and healthy. Uh, I saw this firsthand in Cascade last year. It's not a good look, Cascade. It's really not. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to write in to A-S-K-C-A-L. That's askcal at themeateater.com. And let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. 
you know, I appreciate it. Also, if you're looking for a clean, quiet, dependable, battery-operated steel chainsaw throw underneath your seat, get you out of a jam this turkey season, go to www.steeldealers.com and find a local knowledgeable steel dealer near you. They're going to get you set up with what you need and they won't try to send you home with what you don't. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.